Hi, and welcome to Rate That Album, the back and forth album review with myself, Paul Muadib, and my good friend, Joe Freming. Joe, how are you doing, buddy? Um, uh, Paul. Paul. <laughs> uh, you're aggressively addicted to boring white people music. You know that? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a, do we need an intervention, buddy? (laughs) I feel like uh, we're a Wilco album away from full-blown white (laughs) dude-itis. See, man, don't make me pick Jesus, et cetera, all right? Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, you know, let's, let's talk. Okay, first of all, this was an album that I was fam- I, I knew of. I've never heard it. Um, so this is something that I was it was a curiosity to me. It was like, you know, for the longest time it was very, very difficult to find this album, which I think you know why. <laughs> um so you know, now in the age of streaming, I completely forgot about it. And then in doing this podcast, this came up again. I was like, oh, that's right. Molly Ringwald from from you know breakfast club fame and you know john hughes fame put out a music album so yeah um this is um i think you nailed it on the head uh this is some pretty white music man (laughs) yeah this is uh this is like dinner party music except like if i was at a dinner party and somebody put this on i would i would say i gotta get going home i gotta watch the news you know like uh it's you know it it, it's a white uh, here's the thing white people make some of the worst jazz music Uh, Mm -hmm. it's and this is this falls into that category of like uh almost easy listening jazz uh background Mm -hmm. almost muzak uh it's it it's inoffensive and it's also boring which i think is why a lot of people play this music during dinner parties it's it, it it's like in jazz is jazz and name only to an extent yeah yeah it's uh i mean when i think of jazz i think of like miles davis john coltrane that sort of, you know, experimental, uh, Cap Calloway. Yeah. Making interest, interesting, you know, like you listen to a jet, like a really good jazz album, like things pop and there's like notes or something that just really stick with you. And us white people found a way (laughs) to really just neuter (laughs) jazz music (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and make it embarrassingly uh embarrassingly uh, uh mayonnaise like it's it's it exists and we all acknowledge it exists but i don't enjoy it <laughs> existing if that makes sense um yeah uh, you know um when i was listening to this album um right away on the first track um i um uh, dated a girl many, 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 many years ago. 
um, shortly after we graduated high school. And her parents, when I'd go over for dinner, would put on jazz music like this. (laughs) It seems... Jazz fans of this kind of jazz music seem almost exclusively to be suburban conservative conservatives. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's the niche of albums like this, because God forbid if you have a wild sax solo, uh, you just you just you'd upset company time during dinner. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a way for like again I, you nailed it because that's exactly what her parents were suburban conservatives big time, and um. I think this was a way for them to be like, oh, no, I am cultured. I do like jazz. Check this out. And it's like, oh, God yeah. damn it. Yeah. It's it's the same people that, like, call, like, Eric Clapton blues music. Like, no, no. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> he is not blues. He is a white guy making boring blues music. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, <laughs> there's a, yeah, like, no. I, there's yeah. white people who can do blues well. Don't get me wrong. I think the Rolling Stones and, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Beck and shit, Stevie Ray Vaughan and shit. Like, but then you have, like, somebody like Clapton, who in the late 90s just put out easy listening music <laughs> under the guise of blues. And it just kind of falls in the same category as this. It's, it's inoffensive. It's vanilla. It's painfully boring <laughs> it's, it's painfully uninspired as well um yes and i think one of the big things that going that painfully uninspired is these are all covers there is not one original song here um that is on this album these are all neutered covers yeah they're basically it's basically almost a standards album yep and 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 it's done in a way that's nothing. This is one of the few albums we've reviewed where nothing stood out to me. Mm-hmm. It, it, like even the, that train wreck of Lindsey Buckingham, at least they, it got an emotion out of me. Mm-hmm. Though not one you were intending, but right. at least it did that. This, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, is, what song is this now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> looking at my watch and like, what where <laughs> what's going on like is this it sounds like the song that was before it like but i swear it, it faded out like what's happening yeah you know it's funny you say that you know again i listen to al- albums at least three times right when in preparing for this show um and this was you know of all the ones we listened to truthfully this was actually the most difficult even harder than saint anger to actually get through because it invoked nothing. Um, yeah. it, it was so, it was just boring. Like all I wanted it to do was be over. Yeah. It was, I listened to this once at the gym. Oh God. I'll sometimes do that. Cause like when I, when I'm on a cardio machine like my mind wanders. So like sometimes like when I'm reviewing, like things pop out to me mm-hmm. for our reviews. And I swear, I probably just looked like a dead-eyed zombie. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. <laughs> like on the cardio machine, people probably thought I was like the Walking Dead or something. Just I, dead-eyed, man. I, <laughs> I could not imagine listening to this in the gym. 
Like, like this is I probably like the looked, most... I probably looked like how Sid Barrett was like when he'd play on live <laughs> TV and just <laughs> stared into the void. <laughs> Except he probably had more interesting things going on upstairs. I just blanked out for forty five minutes. You just had this forty five minutes face. was just a blackout, but at least I got my at least I got my cardio in. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> scared everyone told else. Me that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, let's 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 talk a little bit about molly ringwald and her background and things like that um this is her debut album um and her dad was a jazz pianist um bob bob ringwald and you know um, long before you know she became um an actress she was actually singing in her dad's jazz band when she was three years old and never stopped um you know it was just something until she you know um, the beginning of her career, she didn't, she wanted, always wanted to do an album, but she got into acting and never got around to it. And now, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, her time has come and gone in acting. Um, you know, there's not a lot of people clamoring for Molly Ringwald and, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I think the um, last time I saw her in a movie was her cameo and not another teen movie. And that was in 2001. That's, that's the, just, thank you. Cause that's exactly where my head went. I was thinking about them. Like when's the last time I saw her? It was that cameo. Um, yeah, I haven't seen her in anything since now she could have been in, but not that I've seen and not that you've seen. Um, uh, yeah, maybe so, she's got. Maybe she's working the Hallmark circuit. I don't know. Oh God! I God! No! No! Let's see. Um, Pays the bills, Paul. You know. No. I mean, she. You know. Here's the thing, too. It's not like she has a bad voice. No. No, she doesn't. She, she has doesn't. a very lovely voice. Uh, it's. It just felt. Uh, it, she didn't really use use it in an interesting way. Maybe. Like, mm-hmm. there's people who are good at singing, but if they don't have, like, the inspiration and the fire, it it fall, it fall all it will always fall flat. Yes, um, and I'm glad you said that because she does not have a bad voice. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's actually very – it is pleasant. It's I was surprised. She can sing. She is yeah. good at singing. Like, for it being boring, she is good at <coughs> – damn it – at singing. Jesus, you're so angry, you're sneezing. I'm so angry, I'm sneezing. Um, so there was, and I'm looking this up here. Give me one sec. <coughs> God damn, I'm about to edit this. Okay. Um, I'm looking at this from 2001, which was another team movie, to 2008. Damn it! She stopped. Um, she stopped for seven years. She wasn't in. She wasn't in a movie. Um, and then she played herself in three documentary. In three documentaries, she played herself. Um, during that time frame, she was cameos in um, <coughs> TV shows. Uh, man, I God, I'm just so pissed off. I won't stop sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> You're allergic to Molly Ringwald's album. <laughs> Apparently. Um, you know, she did do uh, The Secret Life of a Teenager, American te- Teenager, um, from 2008 to 2013. But, <clears throat> damn her. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allergies are just like Hollywood. They don't want to know about Molly. No. <laughs> well, and to be fair, now I've heard, I, I haven't watched it. She isn't, <clears throat> she is in Riverdale. Um, and I've heard good things about Riverdale. I just never yeah, seen too. it. I've heard good things too. Yeah. Featuring, uh, the actress, uh, played Shelly Johnson in Twin yep. Peaks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Damn her. Damn Molly Ringwald. And my sneezing. <laughs> You're allergic to her, man. God damn it. Fucking redhead. Good thing she didn't have a second album. You might die. Oh, she has more than one album, sir. She well, there's <laughs> the only one that's streaming, so we'll just stick with that. Yeah, no, she has she has more than one album. Um the I will be I will tell you, um, I don't even think it has an IMDB uh, a Wikipedia page. <laughs> um I don't even think it has a Wikipedia page. It's, it's so <laughs> didn't work out. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> I tried to look. It came out like a year later, and I can't find anything on it. Just that it's out there. It exists. It's all you. It's really all you need to know, isn't it? <laughs> Wikipedia refuses to acknowledge it. It technically doesn't even exist anymore. Oh God, just awful. Um, so let's let's just you know let's go through the tracks uh, I, I mean they're they're so i mean there's really even the cover which is kind of like i think probably was like the big selling point for a lot of people that the track 10 don't you forget about me the simple mind iconic simple, simple mind yes. song yep from her, the iconic movie the breakfast club even that didn't stand out which is <laughs> It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, when I when I heard it was a jazz, you know, it was going to be I was thinking experimental jazz, like it was going to be interesting. Um it unfortunately was not. <laughs> no. It, yeah, and like even like this kind of jazz, there's some that at least like I don't like it, but like I can at least tolerate it and like Diana Krall is probably the only one that I could borderline tolerate because she at least does some different things when she does covers. Uh, and th- th- this was just, it was paint drying, man. Like I, it all blurred together. It was like the KFC bowl. It's just brown mush with like <laughs> ingredients in it. And you know, they're all in there, but you can't tell the difference. Yeah, it's there. There wasn't a standout track. There, there wasn't. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, you know in a review that was given, and it it bothered me too. So I'm glad someone pointed this out. Um, was that she starts um, each of her line a little late, and it's annoying. <laughs> It's a little annoying. It's a little off. And I know it's because of jazz and it's supposed to be that way, but it doesn't flow right. Well, um, I mean, that worked, that worked for a mandolier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we sat through her, like, not hitting any beats. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's for a disco true. album. <laughs> <laughs> disco concept album, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just too soft and um 
this feels like something you hear like like at a JC Penny in a mall while you're shopping during the holidays. It yes. serves that purpose and that's about it. There's really nothing that I, I I for the life of me couldn't even picture a person going into a store and buying this. Like, no. it, it just that just like it and I worked in record stores, man. I've seen people buy like some real horse shit. Um, but this would be like, I would ask them if they're having a stroke if they came up with this. There was like, not are you a sure? lot. Of- like you smell burning. Like I don't, I don't think this sells sold very well. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I love your. I haven't heard of it before last week. I'm kind of shocked by that. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's you know, it, I I I mean, I, no one really reviewed this album. Uh, I would expect, I would have thought Rolling Stone at least would have because it was Molly Ringwald putting on album, but maybe they went, it's Molly Ringwald putting on album. We're not going to do it. Um, yeah, well, and here's the thing. Okay, so I can see why maybe publications would be like where it's just not worth reviewing. It's a vanity project. That's a, not mm-hmm. an interesting vanity project. Uh, like we reviewed that Shatner album last time or time before, uh, that wasn't very heavily reviewed, but it was reviewed because there there was a quirkiness to it. There's yep, stood out to it. I can imagine somebody at Rolling Stone like, "What do you think? Should we review this?" And they listen to it, and it's like, "There's nothing really to review." There's yeah. really like her voice is okay. She has a nice voice, but it really doesn't do anything it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't even evoke emotions i can see like well we're not going to have you write a, a hundred word review blurb in the magazine for that like there's no point <laughs> yeah it's it's you know I, I i it's it's a difficult album to review because it is somewhat unreviewable um it's there's nothing there in terms of a standout in terms of um, int- being interesting, anything being interesting. Um, again, we, we both said she has a nice voice. She does. She has. I, actually, I was really pleasantly surprised because when you, get, when you get a lot of these vanity projects by actors, um, and we'll get into some of the real shit. <laughs> um, it's it's painful. It's painful. Some of it. And, um, so this was a very pleasant surprise with that. And it's so unfortunate that her voice was wasted on these really boring versions of these covers. And I think that's the other thing with it is like, there wasn't a lot of variation between the songs that she picked to do. Um, and the way that the covers were written was very, um, boring, was very bare bones. Yeah, I mean, this is was arranging that was just phoning it in. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine somebody actually taking pride in the arranging of the the instrumentation. I, it, it would just it felt like, yeah, yeah, I can knock this out in twenty minutes. Yep, I can yep. come up with the variations for each of these songs, and it'll work. It'll be serviceable, but you know. And when it comes to jazz, the word serviceable is not really the, the goal of jazz music. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. 
Um, and you know, these all every single song kind of fell into the same trope, um, which is why I think it. Every, you know, everything sounded the same. It's like, didn't I just listen to this? Because she's, you know, it was very much to yeah. the letter. It was, it was the same sings. emotion. Yep, it's the same emotion. She sings, and then there's a pause there where it's like a piano solo, and you know, it's it's bare bones, bare jazz. I mean, it's not really jazz, but it's no, it's it, it's standards music, uh, parading as. Mm-hmm as a jazz album. Yeah. Now you brought up, you know, one thing I will say that I, I think, you know, uh, much like, uh, I can't remember which album we reviewed now that, that you said it, I think it was, um, was it winter songs or which one it was, but it was a winter album. This is very much a winter album. Like yeah. this is something that I picture white people in ugly sweaters, sitting at dinner during the winter and, and playing in the background. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you added some jingle bells into it and just saying Christmas songs over these arrangements, it would be a Christmas album. Yep. Yep. That's, where, that's how, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so flat. There's nothing, you know, I mean, these arrangements, you could just throw any lyrics over them and say, well, that's a jazz rendition of jingle bells or fucking whatever. <laughs> it gets, yeah. No, yeah, this... it's a hard album to review it because it's just it's 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 painful in a sense in that it it doesn't do anything like it. It's rare I come across an album that does that. Yes. Oh, completely agree. I mean, most I think everything that we reviewed at some point, everything that we reviewed has invoked some kind of emotion out of us, and this one, interestingly enough didn't get one from either of us and that's saying something uh, yeah i wasn't angry or whatever or even mildly amused like with shatner i was mildly amused but this <laughs> yeah. i was just like stone-faced i i fucking looked like patrick bateman in american psych <laughs> just, <laughs> just in the dead gym. eyes and fucking... <laughs> wishing you're listening to phil collins i bet yeah, Huey uh, Lewis in the news. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's you know, and again, it's it, I, it's such a shame because she does have a really good voice. Um, I think under uh, a more interesting producer, I think she could put out an interesting jazz album. She has the chops. This was just, it was destined to just exist and that's it <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately that's the case you know and in, in, in 2013 it only appeared on three charts heat seekers albums it was at peak with peaked at 21 jazz albums it peaked at number seven and in the australian albums chart it peaked at 23 so <laughs> well good day mate <laughs> <laughs> so it did well in australia so maybe that's her cheap trick <laughs> Chief trick worked in Japan. Um, you know, maybe Molly Ringwald will work in, in Australia. Um, interestingly, uh, I, apparently they like boring jazz. Um, I don't know. They're like, 
I've seen Crocodile Dundee. Like, they don't seem like they listen to boring chats. <laughs> I mean, that's where England sent all their criminals, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, well, let's remember, uh, Crocodile Dundee is now an offensive stereotype, so. <laughs> I, I figured it was more of a, it's pretty much a spot-on documentary of life in Australia. <laughs> Completely spot-on. And, and the sequel was even more so. <laughs> oh, yeah, what about the one, the third? call where he goes to los angeles oh that's right I forgot about that one. Oh christ oh god so yeah joe i don't know i mean this is unfortunate because you know there's just not much else to say yeah nothing pops out like there wasn't a, a, a nice riff or a note that hook you know like which is you know it's frustrating, especially when they call it jazz. Uh, and like, and there's a lot of jazz albums like this. And you know, not to be that guy, but like, 99% of jazz albums like this that are just boring or well, boring white people make it. It's just, yeah. Well, you know, and the song "Sooner or Later" um, is that's such an interesting choice for a jazz album in itself. Because now it was written by Steven Sondheim, but it was made for Madonna on her soundtrack album, I'm Breathless, which was part of the Dick Tracy, um, <laughs> yeah. Dick Tracy movie. So this is like, you picked a Madonna jazz song <laughs> from Dick Tracy. <laughs> which is a weird choice in of itself. I mean, it's just super like, who remembers weird. that soundtrack? You know right. what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's a super, like, obscure... A, like, only the deepest D Dick Tracy fans are going to know that, and I don't even know anybody who's a fan of that movie. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's a fan of that movie. <laughs> oh, man, did you guys ever do that for the showdown? Not yet. It's probably, it's on a list somewhere. I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, I... You know, so, so yeah, the choices, even like that one, especially to open up with a Madonna jazz song from um, from Dick Tracy, the movie is questionable. Um, yeah. You know, I can't find anything on who the production team was, who did these things, but they did not do her a, a, a service at all. Um, this this honestly is almost like forbidden where it feels like a demo. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like a demo. I mean, it sounds produced. It's just bland and even the producer's name is peter smith which is like that's not good either because you're if your producer sounds like a bland vanilla guy you're not gonna oh get you it. did find his name you found his name all right yeah perfect yeah peter smith it sounds like a made-up name like when south park made from the scientology <laughs> the ultimate joseph smith or whatever as the as the entire uh production crew of that episode <laughs> <laughs> So let's look at Peter Smith. Um, well, he doesn't have a link on the Wikipedia page, so good luck with that. <laughs> well, I found something on him. I found something on him. Um, Peter Smith um, has done. Wow, there's not a lot there. Um, this, this, really? This, <laughs> this, this comes from the BIMMM Institute. Peter Smith has spent the last 30 years in the forefront of the music industry. Oh, has he? Working on with such big-name artists like The Police, Sheryl Crow, Duran Duran, and Stevie Wonder. I yeah, can't see, imagine... Uh, Molly Ringwald's name in that mix. <laughs> I, Funny. Can't, I can't 
I don't know if this is the same Pete Smith. <laughs> yeah, that, that Pete Smith sounds successful. This Pete Smith. Uh, I think it's a, a Alan Smythe situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe David Lynch produced this. was like, nope. Nope, I'm out. I'm Alan out. Alan Smythe. I'm completely out. Yeah, so you know, there, there, there is. I mean, I'm looking at here. There's a bunch of Pete, Pete Smith. So I'm going to assume it's not the same one because I would think that guy would have an IMDb. Uh, this guy doesn't. So, yeah, Molly, next time, you know, get away from Concord Records and find a better producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. I think, honestly, uh, for us in the audience, uh, I don't know about you, but but this feels like the hardest one that we've had to review so far. Yeah, because there's nothing really to talk about. Like again, nothing stands out, so we have to like talk about her film career. But she's only, you know, it, it fizzled out by the late '80s, so there's not a whole lot to talk about there. Like it's, it's it was a tough one. Yeah, it was really. And then tough. she has the audacity to do "Don't You Forget About Me," and somehow made it a forgettable version of that song, which the the title implies us urges us to not forget about. <laughs> <laughs> which is it, like it, layer upon layer man that's dune levels of layers <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's a kazak hatterack of of of, of songs <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah no no the the you know yeah Absolutely. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Molly, um, for that, for making this a hard one to do. Uh, yeah, I, I was really disappointed with that cover because I really thought of all things, at least that one would stand out and be interesting. And, you know, you have such an iconic song, which is a great song. I'm sorry. It's it's a great song. Don't You Forget About Me is a great song. Why do you um, apologize? I like that song. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's a you know, it's considered a guilty pleasure today, or whatever, because it's so overdone and whatever. But it's a really, there's a reason why people, it's still on the radio. <laughs> there's a good reason for it. It's good. It's a good song. Um, you gotta come with guns blazing, especially if you're doing a jazz version of it. Yeah, and it comes from the movie you were in. Again, it's an iconic John Hughes movie. Yep, iconic song by Simple Minds. And you and you don't do it really. At least ham it up or something. Yeah, yeah. At least swing for the fences on that one. Like I was expecting a swing for the fences on that one. And so here's here. I honestly like when I started playing this album, the first track got me so bored that I I went down to that and was like, I I have to hear this one first. And that's when I that's when the red flag started popping <laughs> up. Like oh no oh. <laughs> this is not it's this is going to be a pretty boring album that's not good <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know the other thing with all these tracks i, I was thinking about too is they're very codependent <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah, it seems a theme there right <laughs> there's a codependency theme with all these songs I, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad we, we didn't we didn't stop the review yet because that was something that really stood out to me was wow each one of these songs is about having to have someone else validate you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, this was almost like solo John Lennon material codependency. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Oh God. 
Especially yeah. didn't throw you oh Yoko on there. There's a jazz version of that song. <laughs> now because you brought that up, there's a universe where that exists, god damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I that that was the other thing. When I was listening to this thing, I'm like, okay, it's a romance album, and then I'm listening to like all of it and I'm going, Oh no, oh no, 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 no. I mean, even the opening was sooner or later, you know, um, that's a date rape song. <laughs> yeah. And she's singing from the perspective of the date rapist. Right. Right. I was like, wow. Well, that, that was jarring. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, this is kind of a fucked up song, but like, it was so boring. Like I kind of forgot until we started talking about it. Yeah. No, no, the lyrics are really fucked up. Like, and again, Madonna, you know, this comes from Dick Tracy. So, Wow. You know, that's another thing to go against Dick Tracy. But yeah, no, the lyrics are really fucked up. And then you get in the I get along without you very well, except sometimes, which is, you know, a hammy, uh, you know, boring album about a song about not getting over someone and trying to say that you do. And then you got I Believe in You, which is, you know, all about the, the you know, oh, her six man. Of the, or six of the songs on this album have the word you in it. Yes. Yes, it's yes. Six uh, out of ten. Are we counting pick yourself up? Does that count? Yep, I'm putting that in <laughs> okay. there too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's all about the other, you know, having to have that other person. And yeah, it, I, I forgot that was the theme. <laughs> I started talking about it because that, when I was listening to it, sit out to me. That That is one thing that stood out to me. I was like, Molly Ringwald really is either, you know, like, did she pick these songs because she is codependent on someone? Or did she pick these songs because she is going through a breakup? Like, what's the story there? And I don't think we're ever going to know that story. So, boom. But there's definitely, like, if it wasn't intentional, if it was unintentional, like, you could tell, like, you don't pick this this group of songs and, like, without having some shit going on in your life. Right. Yeah. Some kind of unresolved issue, or, or uh, with either someone that broke up with you, or having them, you know, really, you know, subconsciously. I think you know this could definitely be a subconscious choice of being in a you know a relationship that's codependent. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's some sideline, that's some real fucking armchair um, quarterback in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Freud thinks, but yeah. <laughs> Well, according to Zhang. <laughs> but, but when you really take the sample of the of the songs in here, at the end of it, you go, what's going on, Molly? <laughs> something's, something's afoot. Something, something's not right here. Um, so, all right. That's, Joe, would you recommend this album? No, it's... It's it's painfully boring. Like you, it's it's paint drying boring. It's it did nothing for me. So no, you know, I'm I I can't. But at the same time, I'm gonna say, you know what? Listen to just one song. Just pick one, 
and at least listen to her voice and know that she has the talent. She has the, the vocals. Again, her voice is pleasant, but then stay away. I mean, unless unless this kind of jazz is your thing. <laughs> well, if this kind of jazz is your thing, chances are you don't like any of our reviews. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're on a different wavelength of... I'm not saying it's better or worse or whatever. It's just like we're not in your wheelhouse. You're probably not in our wheelhouse. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think yeah, because going back to the Lindsey Buckingham, <laughs> if you like the Lindsey Buckingham album, you're probably gonna like this. Although the Lindsey Buckingham album was more interesting. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't even say that if you like the Lindsey Buck. I think this album's just for uh, people who like inoffensive music. Like, they don't want anything that's interesting about music. They just they just want noise. Yeah. Pleasant-sounding noise. White noise. Yeah, this white is a noise. white noise album. This is a white noise album. Yeah, I could have fallen. I, I, I was probably dangerously close to falling asleep while driving while listening to this. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, this <laughs> is not a... So, this yeah, listen a, to this if you're all out of melatonin. <laughs> you can't fall asleep. <laughs> pop this on. <laughs> He'll be out just like that. It's sleep the album. Um, so, so Joe, what do you guys got going on at the Joe Down? Oh, so <laughs> Brown picked <clears throat> a movie I despised. Oh boy, uh, a movie called Drop Dead Fred. Oh my God! Okay, I hate that movie. I have oh. a long story. It'll be in the review of uh, why. I, how I happened to see that movie like six times in one week. And it's all because HBO played it nonstop while I was on a trip with my parents as a kid. And Uh. uh, I just, uh, I hate it. And so, and so this is going to be a twofer because I wasn't too pleased with this pick either, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I'm springing this. I told Brown already, but he doesn't know the other half. Me and Brown for the next for the Joe Down after Drop Dead Fred, we're watching the movie Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band starring the Beatles. Oh God! Not the Beatles, the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees. The Peter and Frampton. Rate that album. You and I are going to be discussing the soundtrack. Shit! <laughs> oh fuck my life. Yep. Oh, you yeah. mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> <laughs> two months i got you for two months um, yeah no that's who that's a toughie uh but fair um very fair um i i will be honest i love drop dead fred um i no i have not seen it in years um but i remember watching that as a kid and just absolutely loving it thinking it was hilarious uh, I know it's not rated very well. I know it's not very well liked, but for whatever some reason, uh, when I think about Drop Dead Fred, there is, uh, you know, me, it was like the one of the few movies that me and my sister um, bonded over that we actually could like agree on that we both liked it. So there is that kind of nostalgia of, hey, this is a, a positive memory of my sister. Yeah. See, for me, it's memories of every hotel we stopped out on that trip and they'd be on, it would oh. be on TV. And it got to a point where I, wherever I saw a clip of this movie, I would get nauseous and get a headache. Oh, I that's saw it that many times. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. No. 
So that's fair. You guys so. are, I'm dragging you both to hell with me on this. <laughs> my next pick. <laughs> it's going to be a Joe down right that album. Hellfest from me. Oh. <laughs> oh man. You're doing it to yourself, buddy. You're doing it to yourself. That's fine. Um, that's fine. <laughs> Cause I get pleasure knowing you have to do it too. Oh uh, yeah. You know, and you know me, I'm, I'm going to watch the movie cause I did the same thing with Tommy so, uh, you know, I'll be joining you guys on that fucking excursion. Um, so, oh, God. You're excited, aren't you? <laughs> George Burns singing, fixing a hole. <laughs> Peter Frampton singing, here comes the sun. <laughs> you know, George Burns singing, fixing a hole, is, makes about as much sense as Jack Nicholson singing uh, the Doctor song in Tommy. Yeah, uh, but Steve Martin singing Maxwell Silverhammer. Oh God, I forgot about fucking. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh shit, you know it's. I haven't seen that movie since I was probably thirteen, fourteen. I haven't seen it since I was younger. Like, see, when we were kids, there was a premium channel that was free called Encore. Yes, and yes. Encore because they would buy to get movie rights really cheap. Uh, they had to play a lot of really cheap movies that, yep. like, you know, didn't like it, especially like, you know, the late 80s, early 90s really didn't have any. Uh, they just like fell by the wayside. Uh, this was one of them. But like a highlight, though, for me watching Encore was they would show all the Planet of the Apes movies. And those <laughs> were always fun. I, I remember Encore very, very well. And yeah, that was that was a great free premium channel. Um I, I remember they played Crawl, Crawl a lot, um, which I, yep. I love that movie. I love that movie, Crawl. <laughs> yep. they, played them on, they played movies uncensored, too. So, like, yes. li- little, like, nine-year-old me got to see some boobs. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And, yeah, a, a funny story about Crawl. It is actually, like, one of Liam Nielsen's first roles <laughs> like 1983 um i love that movie um so yeah no that's right encore man that's that's probably where i saw this as well yeah um, that's where yeah they played that a lot just because it was you know the rights were cheap there was a lot of fans of the movie hbo wasn't gonna show it oh god no no uh uh man and they're I, just like tommy they made a they, they put out an album for it uh, yeah, we have to watch YouTube video of because it's not streaming on any serious? <laughs> God damn it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I had to do some soul searching with this Molly Ringwald drop dead Fred fiasco that came my way. Uh, and I decided to burn it all to the ground <laughs> and become the bad <laughs> king. Burn them all. <laughs> Burn <laughs> Scorched earth. Scorched earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my it, you know what? YouTube has the balls to buy or to have this movie for rent. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have to I'm, I'm gonna pay the three ninety nine to rent it. <laughs> oh my god. That's extortion for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a short movie either. You know? No, it's two hours long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> two hours of shit. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. Oh, no, don't worry. The double album's almost as long, Paul. <laughs> I feel like uh, 
feel like you don't you feel like I don't pick long albums because I typically don't. But I, you know what? I'm returning the favor, Paul. I'm giving you a long album to listen to. <laughs> this is Fave for Shatner. <laughs> We're doing an hour and a half of Shatner. <laughs> Oh God! You no, know, you it. like long albums, so I'm throwing you a bone on this one. <laughs> Son of a bitch! All right. Oh yeah, that is a that's a rough one. Oh shit! Who produced that album, by the way? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't, we already know we're not going to recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could do a deep dive all we want. We're both going to be like, nope, stay away from a deep oh. Holy shit. Ah, uh, God. You ready to see Aerosmith sing Come Together? Oh. Beat up Barry Gibb? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, cover movie uh, movie album. Oh, God damn it. Does anyone have Wikipedia? It has a fucking Wikipedia. Oh, God. There's a Wikipedia. It does. Oh, no. George Martin produced it. What the fuck? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, he did that celebrity Beatles album before he died in the 90s. So, <laughs> God. Not too far off. Yeah, Jim Carrey singing "I'm the Walrus." So, <laughs> forgot about that too. God damn it! Let's just say George Martin was smart in a lot of areas and pretty dumb in others. <laughs> he did some. He did some terrible things. Um, <laughs> Dark, terrible things like the Bee Gees, Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> Who decided that the Bee Gees would be the perfect choice for the fucking Sergeant Pepper movie? God damn it. They were the Beatles of the 70s, man. <laughs> Saturday Night Fever soundtrack? Come on. Oh, God. You know, I, I got to admit, it was they had they had some bangers. They had some bangers. I'm not I like gonna the Bee Gees, lie. honestly. Their Sgt. Pepper album, not so much, but I like the Staying Alive soundtrack. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't bad. It, it was just, it's, I mean, again, it, it's catchy, you know, it's, it's good. very for much me. of its era, but like part mm-hmm. of that's charming to me. Yeah. No, absolutely. It comes like, yeah. Like, so BGs, uh, ABBA, like all this like disco stuff. Like I like listening to some of that, you know, it's just, it's cheesy, whatever, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's not Molly Ringwald, like phoning in a jazz album. <laughs> <laughs> We expected more, Molly. We expected more. The fellow ginger, I'm deeply upset with you, Molly. You're kind of of proving the case that gingers have no souls with this album. (laughs) It is a soulless jazz album. It really, really is. It's a soulless jazz album. And of course, it'll be done by a goddamn ginger like me. (laughs) Fuck you, Molly Ringwald. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. You're letting all the gingers down, Molly. We're <laughs> supposed to be crazy, not soulless. Yeah, didn't you see that YouTube video of that fat kid saying gingers have souls? Gingers <laughs> 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 have souls. <laughs> God. And someone made a, um, someone made a, a, a auto-tune song of it. Oh, my God, genius. I'll forget a video where Cartman does it for word for word. <laughs> yes, that's right. 
If so, you came a long way, Molly, and you, you set us all back. <laughs> you set us back to the early days of YouTube. Thanks, Molly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Joe, do you want to take us out? No.